0: just as we have sung God's Word together. Now we're going to read God's Word together, so please do have your Bible open in front of you at Mark chapter 4. I have to say a a big thank you to Andrew Martin for the way in which he he both led our service last week and shared God's Word with us. Uh, I was really, really uh, encouraged myself, personally, and challenged by the preaching of God's word at last Sunday and Andrew did a fantastic job of of explaining to us the parable of the sower well we're going to read now three more parables which Jesus teaches after that and so starting reading in Mark chapter 4 Mark chapter 4 and verse 21 this is God's word also he said to them Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you who who hear. Sorry, and to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Then he said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on the earth when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. Amen. We thank God that he blessed us when we read his word. Folks, I want you to have Mark chapter 4 uh, open in front of you as we work through these parables together. Um, I think we're now almost in March and we can see that it's it's increasingly unlikely that any of us are going to get away anywhere for much of the holiday this year. Um, we were talking about it after midweek on, on Tuesday night. And we figured that, that probably Cranfield could be the closest any of us get to a beach this year. Although someone did say that even the caravan parks aren't opening as early as they normally do. I'm sorry for those of you who are disappointed not getting to Cranfield um, over St. Patrick's. But in more normal times, something that I think we still have habit of is sending postcards when we're on holidays. Even in in a day and age, whenever we can simply shoot off a WhatsApp from anywhere in the world to anywhere else in the world, there's still something special about sending and receiving a postcard. And postcards do a few things. They tell the person at home that you're thinking about them, don't they? They tell the person you're thinking about them. And so the phrase, wish you were here, is genuine because we do want the other person to know and experience exactly what we are experiencing. But I think if we're honest, it it also tries to show them a little bit about what they're missing out on. We all know that on the front of a postcard there's a picture of of some beautiful scenery or or, uh, showing off the beautiful weather and it's not only expressing our wish that they were there with us but it's also making the person who receives the postcard wish that they were there that's what the pictures and postcards are designed to do i wonder if you've ever got a postcard and not thought i wish i was there i would love to be there too well in this section of mark jesus is telling a series of parables And what what I think we should, should consider about these parables is that they are like postcards. They are like postcards from the kingdom of God. They are pictures of life in God's kingdom and they make us as recipients of this postcard long for the life of the kingdom. What we will learn today is that it's like a postcard sent from a foreign country. Things in God's kingdom are different from this world. They are not like the things of this world. I've already said it. I think Andrew did a fantastic job last week of explaining to us the, the parable of the sower. And what he did was give us great confidence that God's work, God's word, sorry, will do the work that God has sent it to do. Although at first glance, We have three parables before us today and they seem a bit unconnected they seem a bit random what i hope we're going to see is that they are connected because all three parables give us pictures about the power of god's word and about the power of the gospel to do the work of the kingdom of god in these parables today we're going to learn three things about the kingdom of god We're going to learn that God's kingdom cannot be hidden. We're going to learn that God's kingdom grows by the power of God. And we're going to learn that God's kingdom grows in ways that we would not expect. So like I say, have your Bible open at Mark chapter 4 and we'll work through these one at a time. Firstly, in verses 21 to 25, we see that God's kingdom cannot be hidden. This is the point that Jesus is making with the parable about the lamp. His his question is rhetorical. Who would put a lamp under a basket or under a bed? You just wouldn't do that. It doesn't make sense. And so it is with the kingdom of God. The truth that Jesus is proclaiming and the truth of the gospel are something that, that cannot be hidden away. Light cannot be hidden by the darkness. It must shine. But, haven't we seen in in the past few weeks how the scribes and the Pharisees have tried to hide the kingdom of God. They tried to bury it in in tradition, in rules, in regulations. So they took something that should not be hidden and something that cannot be hidden and they tried to hide it anyway. I wonder if we ever might try to do that in our lives or in the church. We are the kingdom of God here on earth and we cannot hide that truth. and We should not hide that truth. We shouldn't hide the truth that that we are here and that we are saved into God's kingdom because of what Jesus did upon the cross. He died for the sins of his people. We shouldn't hide the fact that, that we are sinful people who have been saved by grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. And yet, I think we do sometimes try to hide it. We try to hide it from the people we meet in in work and in life. We try to hide the fact that we are Christians. We have to admit that at times we try to hide it because we're embarrassed that we are part of God's kingdom. In other ways, we sometimes maybe try and soften the language of the Bible to make it more appealing and less offensive. I know I felt that temptation, watering down the language of sin, which is an offense to God, questioning the Bible's clear teaching because it's no longer widely accepted in society. I felt that temptation. I'm not just talking about same-sex marriage. There are lots of issues. Other sin, like premarital sex or adultery, is is now widely accepted as normal. Abortion, greed, pornography, drunkenness, even covetousness in the form of consumerism is widely accepted in today's society. And there can be a temptation for us to downplay the, the damage that these things cause to humanity and the affront they are to a holy God. The temptation to hide that comes from a desire to be seen as nice people. I know that temptation in in my own preaching. I can be tempted to put the light of the kingdom under a basket. I know the temptation to try and hide the truth of God's word and his kingdom. But what the Pharisees and scribes discovered is that because of Jesus, it cannot be hidden. Jesus is the light of the world, and in his coming, he shows up the mistakes and the errors of the religious leaders. He shows up the sin of all people. Look what he says in verse 22 of our passage. There is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret but that it should come to light. And so, in truth, it's actually very unloving and very unkind to try and hide the truth of the gospel from people. It's unloving not to speak about sin, because one day it will come to light through Christ and people who have not repented of sin will face the consequences of their sin. But the good news of the kingdom is not just about the horribleness of sin it's about the grace of God the grace of God that offers forgiveness for sin through the death of Jesus and the blood of Christ which covers our sin as if we had never committed it so Jesus goes further than to say the lamp cannot be hidden he tells us instead a lamp should be placed on a lampstand. stand It should be put where it will give the most light and shine most brightly. This is our job. It's our place as as people who have received the light of Christ, those who know the forgiveness of sin. Well, It's our responsibility to make the light of Christ shine forth to all those in our lives, to, to share the good news of Jesus as plainly and as simply as we can. Jesus gives a stark warning, doesn't he, in verse 25? For anyone who would try to hide the light which has been given to them, will even what they have will be taken away from them. Remember, in God's kingdom things work differently from this world. In this world, the more you give away, the less you have for yourself. But in God's kingdom, the more you give the more you have. But in case we we might think that the growth of God's kingdom depends on us, is, is our sole responsibility, well, Jesus tells another parable. And it shows that God's kingdom grows by the power of God. God's kingdom grows by the power of God. In verses 26 to 29, Jesus goes back to the picture of a sower sowing seed. And I hope the point of this picture is clear to us. During my time off last week, we started into the process of of preparing some ground around the mass for planting a garden. Now, I'm not the one who plants any of this. I merely dig where I'm told to dig. But Kate is the gardener in our house, even though Kate is the gardener in our house. She doesn't know. I don't know, and none of you know how seeds sprout and grow we just don't know how it works we know the best conditions we know we need to have good soil and sunlight and water but there is nothing we can do to make the seeds grow we just put them in the ground it's almost as if what jesus says here in verse 28 the earth yields crops by itself because isn't it god who causes the seeds to grow and he causes them to grow in his ways and in his time first the blade then the head after that the full grain in the head and this is a picture of how the kingdom of god grows it grows by the power of god and so we in the church well we do have a responsibility for for putting a lamp on a stand we have the responsibility of, of not trying to hide the light of Christ and his gospel. We have the responsibility of sharing God's word. But in truth, all we're doing is scattering seed. It's God who will provide the group. His kingdom grows by his power, in his ways and in his time. None of that is down to us. There's no way we can guess or know how it works. That is up to God. One man who who probably has had more of an effect on the church than anyone else in the last 1,000 years is Martin Luther. It was through Luther that God brought about the reformation of the church back to biblical Christianity, the the church that that we seek to be today. It's through Luther that, that we even exist as Protestant and Reformed. And Presbyterian churches today. I want you to listen to how Luther described what he did in the Reformation. This is what Luther wrote. All I have done is to put forth, preach, and write the Word of God. And apart from this, I have done nothing. While I have been sleeping or drinking Wittenberg beer with my friend Philip and with Amstor, It is the Word that has done great things. I have done nothing. The Word has done and achieved everything. Luther was a kind of earthy character, but isn't he saying the same thing as Jesus says in our parable? We scatter the seed, we share the Word of God, and when we do, it's unstoppable. Because it causes the kingdom to grow by the power of God. In God's ways and in God's time. This is something that I really hope we as congregations can can think about. As hopefully we, we start to come out of lockdown sometime later this year. We live in a time and place that desperately needs God's kingdom to come. We desperately want to see that the kingdom of God grow in in the kingdoms of Arman, Nuri and Morn. There is helplessness and there is hopelessness all around us. And the temptation for us can be to try and make God's kingdom grow in our part, in our ways and in our timing. But this parable, this kingdom picture this postcard from the kingdom, well, it tells us God's kingdom grows by the power of God. Our job is to make sure the lamp is on, shining for all to see. Our job is, is to make the, the lamp is on, it's stand, sorry. Our job is to scatter the seed. God's kingdom doesn't grow in our power. It doesn't even grow in our ways or our timing. It grows in God's ways and in God's time so we come to the final picture in our passage the mustard seed and here we learn that God's kingdom grows in ways we might not expect we want to see change don't we we, we want to see people come to faith and have their lives changed by Jesus at least I hope that's what we want but again there's, there's temptation for us here to to take things into our own hands to do things in our ways but the kingdom of God grows in ways that we wouldn't expect. The human mindset is is for the big, it's for the bold, it's for the bright, the new, the shiny, the impressive. But look at what Jesus says about the kingdom of God in verses thirty to thirty-two. He says, "What shall we liken to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It's like a mustard seed, which when it's sown in the ground." is smaller than all the seeds on earth. Now, the mustard seed isn't actually the smallest of all the seeds, but this is likely a figure of speech that Jesus is using. The point is, it's very small. It's so small that many of us would consider it to be insignificant. It's not at all impressive to worldly eyes. But Jesus says, it's from this tiny seed, that a great plant grows. And that's how the kingdom of God grows. It starts small, it starts very small, and it grows steadily over time. Think about the encouragement that this is to the disciples. Those who are listening to the words of Jesus immediately as he spoke them. He has appointed them as apostles and has basically said they are the ones who are going to to head up the New Testament church. There's only 12 men, various ages and stages of life, various educational and work backgrounds. They're they're a real ragtag bunch. But in this group, through this group, God changed the world. Through them, the gospel has spread across the world to places they had never even heard of. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing that God uses the, the small and the insignificant to accomplish His plans and His purposes? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It grows in ways we don't expect. Because here's the truth. We're not impressive either. What we're doing now, what we do every Sunday, it's not impressive. And let's be honest, if we were designing something that was to draw people in, it would be flashier and slicker than this. It would be better produced, there would be more flashing lights, the sound would be better. Over the last 60 or 70 years, the evangelical church has become obsessed with bigger, better, cooler, flashier, more cultural credibility, but I would argue that hasn't really got us anywhere. While well, the church has been chasing the things that the world values, the world has slid further and further away from the things the church should value. We should have known that. Jesus teaches us. Jesus teaches us here that God's kingdom grows in ways we do not expect. It's the story throughout the bible. God uses the unimpressive, the insignificant, the small. And he does so to show us just how big and just how impressive he is. It's the message of his gospel. It's the word of God that brings growth to his kingdom. And when we try to rely on the impressive things of this world, the flashy things will be demonstrate a lack of faith and trust in God's word to do God's work. I love the old story about Charles Haddon Spurgeon's grandfather, who was introducing his grandson to preach someplace. Spurgeon, by the way, is said to be one of the greatest preachers ever. The prince of preachers. And Spurgeon's grandfather introduced him by saying, Here's my grandson Charles, he can preach the gospel better than I can but he cannot preach a better gospel. You see? You see what, what, what God's word does? The power is in God's word, the power is in the gospel. That's what Paul says in Romans 1, the gospel is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. The kingdom of God does not grow in the ways we expect. It does not grow in the ways a human being would design it. It grows by the power of God through the gospel. God's word goes out into the world through preaching. And that is something that looks incredibly insignificant. It looks ineffectual to worldly eyes. But God's word does not return to Him without accomplishing the thing for which he sent it. Friends, you and I, we're not impressive by worldly standards. But that shouldn't matter to us one bit. What should matter is that God's kingdom cannot be hidden. It grows, not in our power, but in God's power. And it grows in ways that we do not expect. God's kingdom is not like this world. It's a foreign place, but through faith in Jesus, God's kingdom is where we call home. Let's not live like people of the world, but people of God's kingdom. And let's pray together.